Hey guys, it's Friday and it's Know Your Gear QA number 83. I'm really excited about this. 83. I feel like we're getting closer to 100. Maybe we should do a 100 show celebration. Uh, but real quick, I always want to say thank you to the uh, to the patrons and obviously to all of you who make this happen. But uh, the patrons, of course, are funding these live shows. So let's give them a shout out. Uh, the main tier is Bradulus, Jeff Howes, Zachary Rowe, Michael Newman, Bruce and the One Blood Wee Band, Hannah Gunson, John Jex, Michael Shy, Justin Mabe, David Madison, Andrew Good, Anthony Desposito, Billy Robinson, Bob Crosley, Bob Pickwode, Big Pickwode. I don't know why I keep Bob almost said Pickwode again. Sorry, Bob. Bob, it's Bob Pickwode. Brian Stewart, Bill Brotherton, Carlos Paterlio, Chuck Keen, Chris Glaze, Craig Parker, Daniel Psychic, Dennis Prescott, he's new, Dylan87, Greg Peterson, he's new, and James Biles, Joe Watson, Jonathan Pickering, Joseph McCarthy, Kermit Jackson, Lawrence Petros, Lee Hawkins, Lonnie Hoke, Michael Lindner, Paul Ostrich, Lewis and Alvaro, which by the way, I'm going to talk about them today a lot. Really, uh, Ricky Robinson, Robert Books, Robert Hodges, Robert Wood, Guitar, Scott Tompkins, Space Jazz, Steve Pinna, Tim. We all know just him. And of course, Tim Camacho. And of course, if you look at this giant list, these are just the middle tier ones. I want to thank all of you uh, for all of that. Let's get started. I got a lot and I saw you guys already. There's already a couple hundred of you waiting which is awesome uh so I, i'm excited let's talk about some gear and some stuff i had a fantastic week even though this heat will not stop <laughs> i live in arizona and it just will not stop um so uh let's check real quick make sure everything's okay um what do we got what everybody's saying hi hey it's friday hey how's it going uh low very low bandwidth you know what i don't know what that is you know the funny thing about that is i don't know what to do i'm running the highest most expensive cable i can purchase from my cable provider uh i am currently there is no higher purchase purchasable thing i can do for my cable company and i'm running a so let, let, let's put this in perspective i'm running one of the most expensive mac computers you can buy that's brand new and i'm running uh some of the most expensive internet you can purchase so uh it, it, it's just gonna happen uh is what i've noticed now on that note let's talk about a couple things uh and uh I, I think some fun stuff. The first thing I saw Tim uh, Farnsworth. Hey, Tim. Uh, if you guys notice Tim, he's in blue and he's got a wrench. That's just to let you know that he's a, um, what do you call it? Mediator. So if you, you know, if he's answering stuff, that's probably why he's answering stuff. He's one of the, the, the patrons and one of the volunteers that mediate the, the streams. Uh, he said, Hey, Phil, looking forward to the show today. Thank you. Finally found an, my 335 for the collection. I pre ordered a 2019 in Glacier Blue from Sweetwater. Now I need a mug and shirt to match. I got good news and bad news for you, Tim. Mostly bad news. I already know what October's shirt is uh because a uh, uh shauna ordered mine it's on mine's on its way and it is a hollow body but it's not an es-335 it's a uh she designed it it's a single cut uh looking hollow body um i don't know if she modeled after anything i from looking at it, it doesn't look like she did she looks like she just went for a nice kind of hollow body look but it, it's got the right vibe i think you're gonna like it i love the colors uh and stuff uh so that uh so it'll be kind of hollow body it's a hollow body that's close um but uh uh i did when she showed it to me i loved it so i said let's go with it okay let's uh let's see what else do you guys i'm starting to read sometimes 
Phil, is that you? That's me. William. William says, Phil, is that you? William, is that you, William? Uh, okay, what else do we got? Audio is cutting out. Is anyone seeing any audio issues? I don't shouldn't have any technical issues, but uh, it's always good to check before we continue on. So, nope, I think everything's good. Good now. All right. If we have any issues, I don't know what it could be. Could be just, I don't have any weather issues. Like I said, it's sunny, hot and sunny where I live <laughs> and, and humid right now, which is not common. Uh, says, happy birthday, Phil. What's your opinion on Seth Lover pickups? It's not my birthday, Sean, uh, but thank you. You know what? Maybe you don't have to wait till my birthday to say happy birthday. Uh, my opinion on Seth Lover pickups, uh, I, I like them. Um, I don't remember if I've ever owned a set. I know I've installed a lot in guitars, especially Les Pauls. A lot of people like to put them in Les Pauls. I've always loved the way they sound. Uh, I think one of my friends, uh, I installed a set in Joe's Les Paul too. I'm pretty sure I installed a set of Seth Lovers in Joe's Les Paul and uh, it sounded fantastic. Um, great pickups. I would top, put them in some of my top favorite Seymour Duncan pickups. I don't know why I've never owned a set. So no particular reason. <laughs> maybe I need to get a set and uh, Don Daly says is a smaller logo on the t-shirts a new thing across the board I don't know are you talking about the new t-shirt there's a new t-shirt <laughs> uh, and um, I don't think it's supposed to be out right now but I, before I got in the live show, um, I happened to notice that we sold two today. So I, I think it's up. Uh, it, there's a new logo, a new T-shirt. It's like a neon sign T-shirt. That's the. It, that's not a limited edition shirt, as far as I understand. She's uh, created a secondary logo for the ones that just don't dig the the stick figure dudes. You know the this. You know what I mean. We we talk about this for a while about making a logo shirt that is not just this logo. Give somebody uh, something else to to look at um okay let's see what else do we got going on <laughs> so ctxuk says what's the secret to being able to afford all your gear phil uh well the the biggest secret uh for gear uh, or this stuff, having a collection is time, man. Uh, that's the biggest thing. Um, it, this stuff accumulates over time. Like if literally throughout throughout my uh, life of playing guitar, since the you know I started playing guitar, I started guitar playing guitar like 15 years old. If you look uh, every picture, you know, through my my life, uh, you'll see somewhere in the background, you know, this collection of gear, and it just grows over that that period of time. So I think that's what it is. That's the secret. Time. I mean. You know, when I was in the army, I didn't have anything. I had like two bases. When I went in the army, I had more gear, but I sold a bunch of it. You know, that's what you do. And then so when I got, so I mean, it's just over time, you collect it up. That's what happens. There's no secret, just time. <laughs> either, either get a lot of money and buy a lot of stuff or over time, spend a little bit of money. But over time, you know, it, it's, uh, it's, uh, it adds up for sure. 
And that goes for anything. Look at your cable bill. Let's see, we're talking about cable. If you look at your cable bill, think about what you spend on cable every month and then picture what you spend on it for the last 10 years. Um, uh, Will says, and understanding why, Phil, that that does help. That helps a lot. Yeah, she she doesn't care what I what I do when it comes to this stuff. Now, in all fairness, too, I think I've mentioned this before. Um, and if not, this is a good time to talk about it. My wife also, there's two things. There's two reasons why she has no real, she doesn't care what I do when it comes to this stuff. One, um, we've known each other since junior high. So she's, you know, my whole life that she's known me, which is, you know, a long time. Uh, she knows, look at this, she's known me since before I started playing guitar, you know, right, but not, you know, not that long before, just right before that. But what's interesting is, um, so it's, so to her, my whole life, I've been playing, you know, this instrument. So it's, it's just part of it. But the other thing too, is like I said, I, I, I've worked in this industry now for, you know, a while. And this is how I pay my bills is working in this industry. So it, it would be like if I had a garage full of tools and I was an auto mechanic, she doesn't look at it like it's an, ex, you know, that this is the stuff I'm just buying. She looks at it like this is all, you know, part of work. So, um, yeah, Wago says that'd be like 20K over 10 years for my internet bill. Exactly. So the, uh, I can tell you this though. I can remember, I can remember when I used to all buy all my gear on layaway. Do you guys remember layaway? Do they still have layaway? They got it. Right. Uh, I remember buying all my gear on layaway. I just remember always owing the music store money <laughs> when I was younger, just always going to the music store to make another payment. Okay. So, uh, what else do we got? What do we got? We got some, yeah, local shops still have layaway, I believe, too. Yeah. Uh, ER Webster says, I've got a 2K5 triple X Schecter with a SD distortion in the neck. Okay, Super Duncan, uh, Seymour Duncan distortion in the neck. And the neck uh, sounds muddy to me. Suggestions, thinking Pearly Gates or Seth Lover. Want something warm and clean. Okay, yeah, so that's more important. To me, the distortion uh, pickup is obviously going to be brighter than the pearly gates and the seth lover but when you said warmer and cleaner yeah pearly gates and Seth the seth lover absolutely would i would i pick those for a neck pickup over the distortion um i don't have a problem with the distortion see we're not even makes a distortion set i think where you get dual distortions you can get one for the neck and the bridge and i'm also a big proponent of the the wolfgang pickups which are kind of like that where they have the a hotter neck and a, a lower output uh, bridge but i personally like the 59 the seth lover and the pearly gates and the jazz and the neck from seymour duncan i think those are great pickups uh i could see where that would be the way to go i would also say it you know which is a safe bet the majority of people use those um the majority of players use those pickups in the neck so you know there's a lot of people so James says he he's just uh, jamming, drinking, and a cold one, and watching the show. Hey, that's cool. I got water. That's probably not what you mean by cold one. Um, let's see. Okay, Matt says, hey, Phil, I asked a couple weeks ago about a used standard or a new made in Mexico. I remember the question well. A couple days later, I found a Mexican with an American neck. Best sounding strat I've ever heard. Thanks for the advice. Hey, that's like the best. 
that's the best compromise ever, right? It's like a little bit of both, right? Um, you know, it's a little bit of both. Um, let's see. Um, you know, what's interesting is I have a question uh, from last week from Jeff Harper that got queued up but at the end but didn't get answered, and it was thoughts on Bujera 5-watt amps. Um, sorry, Jeff. I don't, I've never really even tried them. You know, I, I, you know, some of you guys know my wife was not a big fan of Bujera stuff, so I didn't really get to check it out or use it. And, um, I finally bought an attenuator and tried that out and I was actually impressed with it. So maybe I should be trying some of the Bujera amps and, and give them a shot. Uh, I just never have it done it before. So maybe that will, maybe if I come across a five watt amp, I'll make sure I even get a plug into it and check it out. Or maybe if I can get one for review, maybe I can get one for review. So, uh, Mike Larson says Dan electro billionaire series has two different name pedals that do the same thing. Do you know if they are the same circuits and why the double naming? I, I don't know. Um, I don't know what the double pedals are. What are the two pedals that are the same? Uh, so in the billionaire series, I don't know. I, I think they keep going with these, right? So I think the first one was the one I reviewed, the Texas one. And then, then they came out with the, the tremolo one. And then there's a boost pedal. And then there's a distortion. And there's a more, I don't, I never, you know, what happened was I'm pretty sure they stopped sending me the pedal. I, I like said, I think I told you guys this though. Uh, Dan Electro sent me a couple of the pedals to review. Um, I reviewed one, the one I really liked. I didn't review any of the other ones um, because, you know, they didn't really speak to me any much differently than the first one. And uh, maybe I should review those. I might have the pedal you're talking about. If you could tell me the names, that'd be great as well. Uh, Tony says, I scored a Michael Kelly 55 Ebony Telecaster with Seymour Duncans uh, at the bridge and some kind of mini humbucker in the neck. Uh, damn fine axe for 350 i don't think guitar center knew what they had have you played or uh, reviewed one of these i have never reviewed one but i've played uh some of the michael kelly's uh, i talked about this a couple weeks ago that now sam ash owns the michael kelly brand uh but the, the yours is obviously before this uh, transaction occurred um i've always been impressed with them i'm pretty sure the one the you know if you the telecast you have is it main korea i think right i think the ones i saw were all main korea and they were built really well kind of cool bridges kind of being out there kind of different um let's see but uh but i mean how can you go wrong think about this the pickups alone <laughs> right 350 you get a guitar and all the pickups uh it's pretty straightforward i have to stop clicking um, this, okay. These super chats where they lock up. I got a, I got another screen now. I don't know what happened a couple weeks ago, but YouTube just started like, I don't know, putting this new feature in where it's like puts the super chats and locks me into them. I'm not sure what's going on. Uh, Evan Her uh, Evan Harnett says, how about Michael Kelly acoustics? I've tried now. And when I say tried, I've picked up a Michael Kelly acoustic once or twice, but I, you know, I might even set up one or once in a while, but I just don't remember them. Um, you know, I, what I remember about what I touched was they remind me of the Ibanez acoustics, very ha heavy laminated, uh, acoustics. Um, and they looked beautiful. That's, you know, you guys know what probably what I'm talking about. Like Dean did it for a while and definitely Ibanez and then Michael Kelly, they made these acoustics that were always beautiful, right? Had this heavy laminate wood on there that just made it gorgeous, but the heavy laminate 
also made it kind of dead sounding. They weren't very loud, uh, which isn't always the, you know, the key to an acoustic, but that's what I remember. That's my impression that's in my head. So, so that's all I remember. This <laughs> is not going to be helpful to you at all. Um, I'm going to jump around a little bit and see. What I love is the questions are actually coming at a normal speed. We can actually go back and grab some older ones. Uh, Jackson says, what is the best upgrade for a Squire? Um, you know, for me, the first thing I would upgrade on a Squire is the nut. That's uh, that's an easy thing. It's pretty inexpensive. It's pretty straightforward. And uh, usually the plastic that you use is cheap and the string binds. So you have tuning stability issues, tone issues. Um, so I, that's the first thing I would replace on a Squire guitar. It's a pretty general question, but that's a, I, I, so that's a pretty general answer, but that general answer I think encompasses everything you would want to know, which is do that first. So, uh, PS Bradshaw says, when is there going to be Explorer shirt? I don't know. Um, the, maybe we can make that happen in November. The, uh, I'll have to ask. The um, uh, Kyle Snyder says, how's the Crimson Guitar build going? I've been putting some of that stuff on Instagram for follow on Instagram. You'll see that I've, I put out some of the stuff on there. It's going fine. It's probably going to be done in a couple weeks. Um, I'm doing it at a very slow pace because I'm doing other projects at the same time. I have a lot going at one time right now. It's a little much. Uh, it, my time management skills are being uh, tested to the, to the max right now. Um, that's why last week you noticed the videos. I think I only did one this week was only one instead of two. Um, it's just been an, an intense amount of work going on here lately. Uh, what is the gray strat between the red and purple one? Uh, it's not gray. It's green. It's a green strat. That's my American, uh, American professional strat in, uh, antique olive, but we'll just call it green. <laughs> um you know uh slab uh slab slab autonomous says hey phil have you ever done a marty mcfly and laid waste to your bedroom didn't know uh i'm not really a crank the thing up to insanity uh kind of person i don't really crank the amps up um today i was checking out and i got the new silver jubilee well it's not new it's used and it didn't just it's new to me though so i got that and of course it's playing that and i thought it was pretty loud when i was playing it but i but I mean, I didn't have it loud enough to like get the neighbors upset. So. Oh, JD says, Hey Phil, how much and how frequently does your sonic taste change? I find mine changing all the time. You know, you know, what's even funny about that is I've had this experience and I don't know about you guys, where not only does my, my, taste change in like the you know like I said sonic taste you know the frequencies and what i prefer but it changes back even you know so all of a sudden i'll like a certain tone for a while and then i'll like a different tone and then i'll like an older tone that i used to like so uh it happens you know with me the big issue for amps and to me when you're talking about that sonic change i'm really thinking about amps uh to me, it sometimes has to do, it's never distortion. It's always with clean with me. Sometimes I really like warm, deep, crisp, uh, clean, and sometimes I like it brighter. But and every once in a while, I go through these phases where I like the clean where it just breaks up. So it's not really clean. It's like a light overdrive is a clean. Um, 
and I go through that phase for a little while. So that happens. That happens. Um, okay. It's uh, the Lauren's box says, do you think Fender 60s classic player strat is worth the extra cost of 200 bucks compared to the new player series strat? Um, well, it's only worth the money in the idea that if you want those specifications. So you could argue uh, the, the Fender Classic Player Strat, which is made in Mexico, like the Player Series, uh, should, I think, have the 60s era Fender pickups, which are sh should be American-made pickups in them, so upgraded pickups. Uh, other than that, I don't know if there's anything that's like a value proposition. You're going to get vintage tuning keys. You know, you get the six screw bridge. Uh, you get the, uh, but what I've, what I've noticed, and it has, has to do with Fender and Gibson specifically, uh, but a lot of companies will play into this too. Uh, even companies like Marshall, um, Fender and Gibson will not only charge for better components, that's one factor, right? So if you want better pickups, you better tuning keys, better, you know, fret wire, you, the price goes up. But then they'll charge you also for what I call vintage accuracy. In other words, how close it gets to the original. So let me give you an example on that. Uh, look at the recreations. You know, look at the main Mexico recreations. Same thing. The closer it gets to being like the, the original product, uh, the more they charge for it. I think that's real common with those companies. So you're going to see the 60s uh, player strat uh, be charged more because of the fact that it's more like the original strat. And for some reason, Fender wants you to pay more for anything that's closer to original strat specs. Um, to me, that question is really easy. Uh, it's not the $200. It's, you know, if you're going to buy, if you want that 60s classic strat and you want it, you're not going to be happy if you get the player series strat. You know what I mean? That's, I mean, you know, it's, you know, I don't think you're ever sorry for spending a little extra to get exactly what you want. I don't know if you regret that. You know what I mean? Impulse buys, sometimes you regret. But to me, it doesn't sound like you're talking about impulse buy. So if you're weighing the, you know, the instruments, but you really want one, but you don't want to spend the extra money, I've always, I've never regretted spending the extra to get what I want. <laughs> the compromises always seem to haunt you more. And when you make that, you know, sub price purchase. So. uh sarang says hey phil what artists and or brand do you like but everyone generally hates i don't know um well let's do artists what artists do i like that everybody hates um this is one of those questions like i might have to like churn into my head as we go through the live show to see if i can come and answer these are always the toughest questions uh brand same thing what brand do i like that everybody hates line six <laughs> that's easy uh i like line six i own a few line six products uh I, I have no problem with line six and they seem to be pretty well hated on the internet uh a band uh that i like that people don't like uh creed i like creed um i'm a tremani fan i liked creed when they came out you know i i, I don't like listen to creed now um because i like you know uh, alter bridge more and i like tremani and but when Creed came out, I thought they were cool. And I know they became, you know, obviously they went double diamond in sales and stuff. And then all of a sudden, like Nickelback, they became this thing everybody hated. Um, 
but that would be a band that I think if I was like, uh, if I heard, let me put it this way. I don't put in Creed music when I'm in the car, but if a Creed song comes on, I don't skip it when, you know, disgust. So I listen to it. So um, I like it because like I said, I like Tremonti. And uh, I think a lot of people really don't like Creed. Uh, I, I don't think they're as hated as Nickelback in the scheme of things, but I think they get. Uh, see, uh, Band in No Way Back says, I like Creed better than Alter Bridge. You know what it is for me? Um, it's to me, the Creed thing, uh, in Alter Bridge is interesting to me because they're, um, they're kind of like the David Lee Roth and Sammy Hagar idea, which is, you know, you lend yourself, which singer do you like, you know, which version of the band do you like better? So I really like Miles Kennedy. That's why I like Slash. I went and saw Slash with Miles Kennedy last Saturday and, uh, they were amazing. And, uh, I like Miles Kennedy, but funny enough, I think I prefer Tremonti, uh, as vocals to all three of those singers. To Scott Stapp, Miles Kennedy. I isn't it funny? I I don't know why he's. I don't think he's as uh, technically as good as Signor. Technical as like how high he goes and all that stuff. But man, I just I don't know. It okay. seems like the right tone for that style of music. Sounds fantastic. Uh, Brian James says I've seen Bowling for Soup live. Me too. I'm as you guys know, or some of you may know, I'm a huge Bowling for Soup fan. Top five of my favorite bands of all time, uh, without a doubt. <laughs> they're my top five bands uh might even be top two favorite bands of all time um and yeah so anytime i can see them live i go see them live they just don't tour a whole lot they uh uh and then uh, just because it ties in it says uh j jlt sib says hey i'm not a huge fan of miles uh but uh, uh not a huge fan of miles but uh not sure why you know uh miles kennedy uh, I think has that tonality in his voice for me where it's just amazing, but I can see where if you, you know what I mean? If you don't love it, it's going to get on you a little bit. You know what I mean? Cause he is in a, he is in a frequency or a tone. He has a tone to his, his voice that I don't think appeals to everyone, but I like it. I've always liked it. Um, mostly I also, I like him. I've seen slash and miles Kennedy live twice now and both times those guys will just play two and a half hours straight. They just go right at it. And, uh, you know, they're, they're those bands that you, you just love that you, you, you ever, <laughs> you ever go see a band live and you feel like, uh, they're having more fun on stage playing. Like if you know when, if you all left, like if the audience, you know, like that was a sold out show with slash. Here's the funny thing about this. Sold out show with Slash Friday night. I swear how I felt was if the audience just walked out, just got up and abruptly walked out, they would still play the show through. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, they obviously they're happy the audience is there. They love the audience. You could tell that, you know, they're happy to have fans and, and success. But if this didn't work out, they were going to be on stage playing anyways. They just love to play. And, and it's very rare when you see bands like that. You know what I mean? Uh, some, I mean, all bands I think love to play, but you know what I mean? It's just like literally, um, I think it's so extreme. Like if the whole audience got up and just left, they wouldn't even like probably wonder what happened. They'd just be like, let's just keep playing. <laughs> Maybe they'll come back. And uh, it's, so you feel like you're part of something, right? You feel like you're, uh, you're sitting there and you're like, you know, they you feel like you've been invited to a party, not to a concert, you know, and they're, they're having the party and you're there with them. It was great. I, I love that feeling. And I find it doesn't happen very often. And also too, think about this, especially in today's day and age. Uh, I go to a lot of concerts and 
I, there's bands that put on fantastic shows. Here's a good example. I've, I've seen bands that put on fantastic shows. The band is amazing. They sound amazing. They, they, the amazing show, but I could, you can't escape the feeling that they look like they're like, they're like at work counting down the timer. Not because the show is horrible. The show is great, but literally, uh, like as soon as the set ends or as soon as they end, they're like, okay, bye-bye. They just can't wait to go and go back to whatever they're doing. And then there's some bands and that's slash for sure. That, Literally, when they get the last song, you can tell they just don't want to stop, <laughs> right? Like they're they're being forced off the stage or out of the venue. Uh, they just keep playing. Like if they if we would hang out for two more hours, I think they'd keep playing. Um, yeah, and 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 you know what's funny is I used to feel like uh, I don't know about you guys, but back in the day, I used to feel like when I used to go concerts, I feel like the bands always never wanted to get off the stage. You know what I mean? They always like did that stuff like, okay, we just talked to the management. We can do one more. You know, it was after like the second finale and they were like, one more. Uh, or you guys ever seen this? I've seen bands where they're playing in the song and finally the venue just like shuts them off. <laughs> I've been in a venue where the band literally, they shut the sound off because they were just going after going too long. Um, and, <laughs> and uh, I just, I love that. You know, like that love of, of, of playing just that, that is, it just makes me, you know, envious. So, uh, yeah, so I'm just reading some of you guys' comments. You guys are mentioning bands right now. Uh, Jay Hawkins used to play for hours. Great showman. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the faces of ELO, uh, used to be like that, like inviting you to party. Yeah. So it's like, so that's what was great. I, I just love seeing that. Um, yeah, and so, oh, okay, so E.R. E. Webster says, hey, I really enjoyed Five Finger Death Punch. Uh, the energy and presence that they led the, the lead singer has is insane. Yeah, you know, I've seen a lot of great bands. You know, um, you know, a uh, question that's interesting, no one has, but I'm going to answer it, was well, uh, I can tell you, like, you know, since you asked what band do I like that, you know, I think people hate, I'm going to tell you what band that I went and saw and uh, shocked me the most, the best, the band that I went and had no expectations. I went and saw Godsmack once, and, uh, man, all my friends would just, not stop talking about how great Godsmack was. And so I went and it was a montage thing, you know, uh, what do you call that? Where like a five bands play that night. And, you know, I went and saw, and I, I like Godsmack fine. You know what I mean? Um, and, uh, man, they were amazing. <laughs> that was a, that was one of those, like, uh, that was one of those feelings that forever they're going to be in my head forever as it's like a kind of one of those movies you go to because it's the only one showing in 15 minutes and you have 15 minutes to go to a movie, you know, and you're out and uh, the movie ends up being amazing. And you didn't even know what kind of movie it was going to be. That's what they were like. I went and saw Godsmack live. I expected them to be abandoned good, but instead it was one of the best shows. So it was great. Uh, so there you go. All right. What else do we got? Now we went on a whole tangent about music. Uh, You know, oh, Neon, okay, we're going to stick with this subject for a second because Neon Lights 12 said, I had uh, had that with Avenged Sevenfold. They seem bored on stage, uh, even though the great play great. You know, two bands that I can tell you that I've seen, for some reason, just through the oddity of it, 
uh, there's certain bands for some reason I've seen multiple, multiple times. Uh, I don't know why. Um, and, uh, and I love them. Don't get me wrong. I love both bands, but it's Motley Crue and Avenged Sevenfold. For some reason, if I, I think I've seen a Motley Crue like four, five times and I've seen Avenged Sevenfold. And I know some of you guys out there are like, I've seen Van Halen 27 times. I know you guys do this stuff like that, but that's not really my thing. I usually see one band, then I go see another band, another band. I'm always looking for, you know, very rarely do I go see the same bands over and over again. And, uh, unless of course, you know, it's very rare that they play out and it's, you know, I don't know, but, uh, so Vince Sevenfold is definitely a band and Motley Crue that I've noticed that I've had different experiences at their shows. Like I've been Sevenfold. I went to a show once that I thought was top 10, great show amazing and then i've also been to Avenged sevenfold where they phoned it in and i was like man and motley crew same thing i've been to a show where the energy was so high and, and amazing i couldn't even breathe and and it was just so crazy and then i've been to a motley crew show where literally they phoned it in <laughs> uh so uh i went to a motley crew show that was so bad one time that I thought the PA, this is a true story. I thought the PA was cutting in and out. And I mentioned to my friends, I said, I think the PA is cutting in and out. And it was literally Vince, uh, Neil just stopped singing. He kept just stopping, uh, running out of breath and stopping. And it was just bad, but you know, I didn't mind because like I said, I've seen them a couple times and a couple times they were amazing. And I figure it's got to, um, <laughs> you know, it's got to average out. <laughs> Um, I'm sure it has something to do with where you see them on the tour and where I live. So, you know, on a side note too, on a side note, uh, I, uh, for some reason, Arizona, man, this is an Arizona thing. Maybe it's normal for the rest of the country too, but we like to have concerts in the summertime apparently here. So all these bands come, uh, and it's like 113 outside when these bands play. So I'm sure they're miserable. I saw kiss, uh, play here and, uh, it was 113 outside. <laughs> and there was kiss in makeup in gear on stage uh i'm sure they were dying <laughs> just dying i couldn't even imagine that um i couldn't even imagine what it would take the energy it would take to keep that going um uh, uh p.s uh bradshaw says have you ever ran into uh rob halford they're seeing he lives in phoenix no alice cooper lives in phoenix too never seen him the uh the only person i've ever famous person ever seen in phoenix is uh is um um i'm trying to think well i think there's a couple because you know uh, dave elveson lives here from megadeth um and uh you know but no yeah i mean you know just because they live here doesn't mean you're bumping them uh, you know um dave mustaine used to live here and so did uh george lynch i don't think they live here anymore so the Yes, and Will's asking, Alice Cooper lives there, yes or no? Yes, he does. He does live here, for sure. Okay, let's get back to gear. <laughs> we did some music talk. Uh, uh, Peter says, Phil, you you have said you own uh, that you own some Mexican fenders. Have you done anything to improve them, like change the nut or file the frets? Interesting enough, uh, no. So, and all the fender, Mex all the Mexican fenders I own, I bought with that intention to fix up. <laughs> and uh, what ended up happening was I, I liked them as, uh, the way they were. Um, isn't that funny? Uh, I don't know why that is. Um, I haven't done anything to them. <laughs> they are 100% stock. Not even locking keys. So, I think it's because, in, in all fairness, I think it's because the main Mexican-made guitar that I have is, a, is that black Strat. And I literally just play it all the time. I just play it. 
it's 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 my grab it and just go and have fun with it i don't literally travel with her anything just play it around the house play it all the time uh, i love that guitar it's built like a tank you know you can't go wrong with the mexican made stratotelli they're just great stuff uh Jason Wade, hey, he says, hey, your thoughts on the Yamaha THR 5 or 10 series amps? I finally got to play a couple at a guitar center a while back, and I thought they sounded fantastic. I have a couple friends that love them and swear that they're the greatest thing since everything. Uh, they're kind of pricey. So I did have, I think, guys, if you guys remember, I did have a situation where Yamaha reached out to me and asked me if I want to review some of those things. Uh, and uh, unfortunately... They sent me a contract that I just didn't feel comfortable signing. Uh, that's basically what happened. Uh, they uh, and I, I don't want to make it sound worse than it is, so I don't want to leave anything out there creepy, or weird. They sent a contract which I think was written for musician artists, you know, performers. Uh, basically, it said, "Hey, they'll send me the product. I have to sign that I guarantee it'll come back in the perfect condition. If there's any packaging missing or anything, I'm." I'm, you know, going to be liable for it, but the verbiage I didn't enjoy was obviously the, some of the stuff I thought was, I didn't care where it said, I must guarantee that the product is facing forward, which I think it meant for stage, not for video, but the part with the contract that was weird is it says I couldn't just, I'm not allowed to disclose where I got it from. And so obviously if you guys know that's against the law. And so I don't think Yamaha was trying to commit a crime and violate the FCC. I think what happened was they were using contracts that were made for, uh, you know, touring artists that, you know, so they, and not for a reviewer. So I sent them, I thought I sent them a great email or sent a response saying, you know, I, I love your stuff, but I, unfortunately I can't sign this paperwork. And um, they just ne brushed me off. I never talked to them again. They never sent me any response or anything. So. Um, plus I also mentioned to him, I said, you know, the amps like $300 and you're just letting me borrow it. And it takes like $500 to have an attorney go through a contract. So I said, I don't really feel also, I felt nervous signing all this contract that says I'm liable for all this stuff, um, to do a free video where obviously I'm not charging them, but obviously, I mean, like, like I, I you get the idea. I really want, and so, you know, I'm just telling you that cause I really want to do the video. So many of you guys have, so many of you have requested a review of that product. Um, and I just, and then what's funny on a side note was I thought, well, I'll just go buy one. And then that's when you can't find them now, uh, local. I'd have to order one online. So I thought I could find, because there's three of them, right? There's the green one, there's the tan one, and the black one. And I'm pretty sure I wanted the tan one, but I'd like to be able to put my hands on it and compare, you know, before I buy one, I'd like to try them, figure out which one to buy. And uh, there's just no way to do it. There was, uh, there's the guitar centers now aren't even stocking them. So there you go. A little insight into my world too, on top of that, you know, where companies are like, Hey, or sign this contract. <laughs> and, uh, let's see. Uh, this is from Pyrocent music. Hey, Pyrocent music. What's up? Vox 847. Wah, not passing signal, uh, with pedal off. Okay. So no, right. When you turn off the pedal, you get no sound. That's it. Okay. Wah or no sound. Deoxit removes scratchiness, but no bypass still. P.S. You may, you say my name right now. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Um, the, yeah, that's a weird problem. So when you turn it on, you get sound, which means you're getting power to it. But when you turn it off, you get no sound. That is, I don't know. I've never experienced that. 
I'm trying to work it in my head right now. What would cause the pedal to want to not want to, uh, the part of my thing is, I don't know if the Vox 847 is obviously it's not true bypass. Cause I would imagine that once you turned it off, it would just pass the signal through. So my guess is it's some kind of guessing, just guessing, guessing is it's some kind of buffered wah. So even though you're turning it off, it's actually not off. It's still going through the pedal. And then there's something in there that's not working. Did you, I would take the back, played off and look to see if there's a wire that's disconnected or broken off tattered afraid um because my guess is this is guess again i'm just guessing from you know i'm not looking at it uh i would imagine if it was true bypass here's how i would look at it i would say okay you got signal coming in and when it's on it's going through the circuit and goes out right so up and then through the circuit and then out and then true bypass mode it would go around the circuit in other words not go through the circuit anymore and uh, you would get sound so either way you get sound but in your case where it's going through the circuit it's working but when it's turned off i still think it's going through the circuit does it make sense? It's just rerouted through that circuit. So my guess is somewhere in there you have something, and there's not a lot in a wah, so it shouldn't it shouldn't be a hard thing. Take the back off and look for a wire that may be frayed, uh, something that's grounded out, something that's happening. That's my guess. Uh, and of course, if it's true bypass, all that doesn't make any sense. Uh, it's back to, the, but I think uh, it's got to be buffered, and that's what's happening. Um, I know Lawrence is in the in the out there somewhere, uh, but. Maybe Lawrence has the, the right answer because, you know, obviously he's the pedal guru. Uh, but, yeah, see, okay, so you're saying, oh, wire grounded out might be it. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. You you Literally, it's not off. It's just so uh, it's still running through a circuit. So somewhere in that circuit, you have the signal cut off. All right. Um, what else do we got? <laughs> Sometimes those get questions get a little tricky. Ah, Robert uh, Purdy, any mods for the micro bass? So if you guys saw, I did a video today. Uh, I came out today, which was, uh, can you use a bass through a guitar amp? I thought that'd be a fun video. And uh, also, uh, it, uh, it, came, it that video came to me in my head when I was doing another video that should be out very soon. Uh, I'm not going to tell you when, but it's very soon. And I, it's where I'm going to compare my, um, so that micro bass it's behind me right now on the rack. It's that blue one right there. It's a short scale bass. I bought it. Uh, it's a funny story. So I'll share with you. If you guys saw the, uh, when I bought a telly from Sweetwater and that whole video, and then I bought a telly from guitar center and I returned it, uh, cause I didn't like it. Uh, I tried to not return it. I tried to, um, obviously love it. Didn't work out. So when I returned it, I tried to, you know, buy something else from guitar center. I don't know. So I spent hours there trying to find something and I couldn't find anything. And, uh, it's a compulsion. I don't know if some of you guys have this. I, I it's not something I'm proud of, but, uh, I feel sometimes guilty about returning stuff. Um, I've never been a good returner. <laughs> um, I am those people. There's I definitely two people on the planet earth when it comes to returning products. Some people just can go return it. Uh, that's my wife, man. She can just go and return anything. She don't care. Uh, it's it, me. I always, it's not that I think people get mad at me. I could give two crap. Uh, you know, I'm going to give a crap. People get mad at me. Um, I'm used to that anyways. Uh, no, you know what it is? I, I feel bad. Like I feel like I let somebody down sometimes. So anyways, long story short, I went around and uh, for hours trying to find something and then I found that base and I fell in love with it. So I bought it. But anyways, I have a video where I'm comparing, uh, that $200 base to a short scale base to a $5,000 short scale base. I thought that'd be a fun video. Seems to be really popular on the internet. Let's compare something inexpensive to something expensive. Um, so I haven't done any mods to it for that reason. I want it to be stock. Uh, but yeah, I'm thinking about doing some mods to that base. I really, really like it. 
really enjoy it. I think you guys could tell in the video today. It was a it was a nice bass. It sounded great. Uh, it's got a lot of it's it's a legit sounding instrument for one hundred seventy nine dollars um, for sure. Oh, and of course, YouTube is acting up. Let's take a look. Whoa. All right. Hold on a second. YouTube is misbehaving in the weirdest possible way. Give, give me. Yep. We're going to give up on that. Let's go back. Okay. Um, give me a second. That would make sense why you guys said earlier today it was acting up. Um, hold on guys. Just bear with me. We'll go a few minutes extra. No, it is. YouTube is deaf. It even says, sorry, something went wrong. And turn So YouTube is, so there's a super chat that popped up. So you guys know, and I can't see it now. I think I found it. I think it's HK. And I just, I feel bad because I lost it. it. says HK says, Hey Phil, uh, how would you sum up installing V mod pickups for a strat? Uh, compared to uh, traditional pickups. Should I use a treble bleed like in the Pro Series? Thanks. Um, so in the Pro Series, you mean the professional series that have the treble bleed uh, with the V-Mod pickups? Um, uh, installing the V-Mod pickups should be exactly the same as installing any other strap pickups. And I would. I would put the treble bleed in. I think it's a great idea. I have treble bleeds in most of my guitars. Um, I made a video on, how, on the treble bleed and how I do it. Um, but as I, uh, sadly enough, as you guys may know, I am doing tons of repair videos right now. Um, and, uh, we're making a big announcement about that soon. So that's why they're not coming out, but they're coming out soon. Lots of them, uh, lots. Uh, I'm trying to organize it. So it's just not random. Like a lot of YouTube, I just put out, you know, random videos trying to have more of a concise system coming up. So, um, what else do we got going Yeah, <laughs> Richard Brubaker's like, YouTube's messing up. Do we have to go back to the telephone? We might have to because uh, there's definitely something um, um, amuck right now. Okay, hold on. Ah, it's maybe it's behaving again. Nope. So, uh, so you guys, like I said, I have a screen that's different than your guys, what you guys see, and I pin the super chat so that they don't get lost. That's the whole point of the super chats, is that, uh, is that. Um, you know, I try to make sure those that questions get answered, you know what I mean? But still not, not, you know, still look for good questions, interesting guys. I'm looking for the most, you know, stuff that the community might think was interesting. Uh, Nathaniel Walker says, Phil, thoughts on the Way Huge brand? I'm a huge George Trip, George Trip fan. I love Way Huge. Um, I have a bunch of Way Huge pedals. Way Huge is an interesting brand to me because I think they, uh, uh, what I like about their pedal line to me is, they're extreme. I extremely love or dislike their pedals. In other words, there are certain ones I just like, this is the best ever. And then I play another pedal and I go, I don't like this at all. And there's something cool about that. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, getting a pedal that you're just indifferent about isn't exciting. So I love way huge. Uh, and I, there's certain pedals, like said, that I, 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 uh, I love my, um, Havelina fuzz. I love that pedal a lot. That's definitely one of my favorite fuzz pedals. Uh, Kyle Mathis says, any thoughts on, on pickup preamp upgrade for a 20 year old Ibanez SR 305 DX? 
uh, it was my first real base. I'm too attached to it to get rid of it. Yeah, on on the uh, I've been as bases like the Sound Gears and the SR the SR305. Uh, I like uh, either all EMG, get it all out and put EMG in there. Man, it's going to sound fantastic. Or what I do a lot is put Bartolini pickups in there. And then you can use either Bartolini preamp or keep the original preamp or put some other preamp in there. But uh, you can't go wrong. There's tons of others out there, but those are the two biggies, man. Those are those are great. Um, uh, like I said, uh, especially <laughs> so a lot of people talk about the pedals now. So, um, Hmm. Uh, Emil, Emil, Emil Ong, ONG says, Phil, why isn't the PRS two channel custom talked about more? How do you like yours? Um, I think it's not talked about more. Um, I don't know. Uh, the only one I know that's I, I've seen on the internet that has one is me and title Larson. I'm selling mine right now. Mine's on for sale. Um, I love it. <laughs> so I know it sounds weird that I'm selling it. I love it. Um, but I have redundancies and amplifiers right now. So I put up a bunch of amps to sell. Um, every amp I'm selling is basically cause I just have duplicates. The two channel custom. I love it's a great amp. I have other amps though from PRS that I'm going to keep. Um, but I don't know why it isn't talked about more. Um, it's, I think what I like about those kind of PRS, those two channel amps and those, the, the, the HRDX and all that stuff from, uh, from PRS and stuff, all those amps is even though they're expensive, they're really inexpensive compared to who they're competing with. I mean, a lot of the amps they're trying to compete with are, you know, three and $4,000. So 1500 bucks is, is a lot, is a lot better deal than those guys. But, and it's mostly because you know, PRS just isn't known for amps. They keep trying. They just can't do it. Um, Okay. Uh, HK says for the price, Marshall Origin and DSL amps going well, and they look cool too. I've been seeing the Origin uh, Origin amps popping up more and more at the guitar centers lately, and at the local stores checking them out. Um, they look cool. They, I, I like I said, obviously, I was considering one. If you're, if the question is like, you know, why didn't I get that? I, it, I just wanted the Super Jubilee. That's basically what it is. I wanted that. I wouldn't want that. That's what started this was, you know, when I was talking about earlier, get what you want. I was looking at an origin amp. I think the one I was looking at was like $600 and I kept thinking about it, kept thinking about it. And I said, you know, I finally said, look, I've been wanting one of those for about two years now. If I just pony up the money. So I bought one used the one I just got, it was used and I got on reverb and, uh, you know, I sent an offer out. I sent two offers out one countered and one ignored my offer. That's fine. And the countered one, I ended up taking it. Um, so I paid, uh, more than I wanted to for this, uh, but not more than I was willing to, <laughs> right? And then uh, you can kind of say that, uh, oh, you know, Josh, uh, Josh, uh, I'm going to say Limas, uh, Josh says, Hey Phil, why are GCM 900s hated? They sound really good and seem to be really affordable, like more distorted Silver Jubilee. They seem to be the perfect amp for the 80s metal. You know, uh, I have the book, The Father of Loud by Marshall. I highly recommend that book. It's uh, I have a little fun fun thing to know. I have most everybody's book, so you know. 
if you have a history book, a company like Ivan is a history book, Fender has like 17 or 20 of them. I have a bunch of them. Uh, you know, Gibson, uh, Paul Reed Smith is the worst book uh, of all time, by the way. Um, uh, you know, since we're doing it, you know what? I'm going to do book club. We're going to do book reviews. It, Paul Reed Smith is the worst book. Uh, the I got I just read the this one the Hughes and Kittner one uh, into the blue this one uh, the information is good but the book is a slow read that's what the problem with PRS is, is too it's a slow read and I don't like books I don't like any history books on companies where it's the entire book is a propaganda about how great the company is you know what I mean I, I don't want to hear that crap no, tell me tell me the tell me the goods and the bads you know like Ivan is his book is great it tells me you know some of the, the you know things that they tried that didn't work out some of the things that tried to obviously they're a successful company right. Uh, so same with all these companies, obviously they're successful companies, so they don't need to tell me the whole time how great they are. Just, you know, tell me some of the things so I can learn from it, especially as maybe as an entrepreneur, like, Hey, if I'm looking at stuff, you know? So, um, anyways, the father allowed book by Marshall is great. And I think a lot of the things that I, I, under, you know, I think a lot of reasons why people don't like the JCM 900 is they don't quite understand them. If you read that book, it's a really interesting understanding about why Marshall, you know, move to the JCM 900 and then to the JCM 2000 and, and why that lineage worked and why it happened. And what I learned from that is, yeah, the JCM 900 is actually one of the most used Marshall amps out there. You know, it's used uh, by so many people, including Slash had a JCM 900. You know what I mean? So it's funny. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's one of those, uh, like, it's for some reason with Marshall, it's like the Plexi is amazing, which it is. <laughs> the uh, the JCM 100 is amazing. And the JCM 900 is not that great. And the JCM 2000 is even worse. But literally, I, I highly recommend that book when you read it. Uh, I, it talks about the artists that use these amps and how they use them and why Marshall decided to uh, to to mod them. And what I found what I found most interesting, the easy takeaway I can give you guys that I thought was cool was a lot of times. It wasn't that they just, you know, changed the JC100 and went to the JC900. Literally, they had modifications on the JC100. And, and after so many modifications and changes, they said, well, finally, let's just go ahead and transition into a new name just to get sales up. All the naming structure, according to, to Marshall's book, really led itself to purchasing sales. Uh, if, the, if the sales of an amp started going stagnant at the dealers, they would come out with a new model name uh, to pick up sales. <laughs> right uh hey ipad 10 <laughs> right <laughs> maybe that's what apple should do maybe should apple should be like the 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 apple 800 the apple 900 but you get the idea so um that's a lot of it was not real you know it even says in the book uh that the last version of the jc100 and the first version of the jc900 are the same they're the same amp and uh and uh, so that's that's kind of funny. So uh, there is an irony there. There is somebody out there with a JCM 100 version that says JCM 900 suck, but it's probably the JCM 900 under the hood, basically. Isn't that kind of funny? So there you go. Read that book. Uh, okay. Um, what are your thoughts? Jeff Harper says, what are your thoughts on the Bujera G5 and Vinium 5-watt Class A 2-bit? Oh, we talked about that earlier, Jeff. Jeff, did you not see? I answered the question. I'm sorry, buddy. I answered the question earlier because you sent that last week. I really appreciate you super chatting it again. Um, and basically, recap was um, I haven't really tried one, but I will try to give one a shot now. Um, because although I was never a, a Bujera fan, I got the Bujera attenuator and I think it's pretty cool. So I think it's worth checking out their amps. Um, so. Uh, 
Okay, next we have Hold on a second. I'm just reading a bunch of them right now. Oh, Guitar Tech said, thoughts on Mitchell guitars. Um, those are the Guitar Center brands. Uh, Guitar Center has uh, responded to me, and I think what I got from the email was they're going to send me some Mitchell guitars to review. So I plan to review some Mitchell guitars. If there are any Mitchell guitars you would specifically like to see reviewed, you can put them in the comments uh, so I know uh, what models. Um I can tell you that they sent me what they thought they would like me to review. Um, but I would like to hear what you'd like to, me to review. I'm really curious about the guitars. And sorry, guys, you guys had so many Matt Harrison says, thoughts on USA Hamers. I love them, man. You know, uh, when I was in New Jersey at the Tone King's house, he's got an 80s USA Hamer in his office. I picked it up. And I told him that was like, it was it was amazing. That guitar just, it was so amazing. <laughs> I plugged it in. He had a carbon half stack and I plugged into it. And it was just, it was great. I told him, I said, if I had to this guitar, I said, I probably wouldn't, you wouldn't need any of those other guitars. <laughs> is great i've always liked hamers man hamers were uh, a guitar brand another brand and uh like um like esp back in the day when they were a big deal you know you just didn't see them you know i saw ads you know you see hamer ads you know obviously like my first impression of the hamer ad for me was vernon reed some of you will have different impressions of that uh but me it was like when i saw vernon reed with a hamer i was like whoa this is so cool and um and, uh, but you never saw them and they were expensive. So they, uh, they were so expensive. Uh, oh, oh, okay. Oko man. Sure. Oko man five, uh, says, Hey Phil, is there a big difference in tone between the 90 watt Mesa boogie Mark five and the smaller one so uh funny enough i've never reviewed them as a video but i have compared them side by side so i can give you my uh, take on that um what i can tell you is it's uh the answer is yes and no and here's where it is they sound exactly to me the same when they were both turned down low like I could not hear why I would want the Mesa, the 90 watt Mesa Mark five. So when I had them down, I don't mean ultra low, like, you know, quiet night playing, but just playing low. You know what I mean? They sounded the same to me. Uh, you know, if there was a difference in tone, it was so minimal that it was not worth talking about or thinking about. But as you turned them up, man, the 90 water just all of a sudden became a different beast. And then it's, it's just like all small amps versus large amps. The louder you turn them up, the smaller amp sounds worse and the, bigger amp sounds better and then when you turn them down sometimes this the bigger amp sounds worse than the small amp sounds better but in this case when you turn them down they became the same when you turned them up the 90 watt uh, one so that's what you have to think about and what's crazy is even though uh the mark 5 mini is so small the mark 5 25 small the 90 watt mesa mark 5 is not a big amp it's just heavy but so okay hold on a second we have zach says hey phil have you ever tried 
an agile amp kit. I didn't know they did amp kits now. I didn't even know. I heard Stu Max in the amp kit business. I didn't know agile was in the amp kit business. That's uh that should be um Rondo Music, right? So I will look into that. Um huh. I'll definitely have to look into that. <laughs> so there there you go. Um what else? Uh, oh, uh, Gary uh, Tholander says, how did you set up your uh, sound gear base to play slap? Oh, that's I could do that as a video. I never thought about doing a video for that. Um, you know, one of the that would be a great video. Maybe I'll do a video. I'll tie in. How about Gary? How about a video where I go? Uh, you know, how do I set up my base for slap base? And then how do I do slap base kind of a thing? Right. Would that be a cool video or should I just keep one separate from the other? But uh, there is the reason that's a great idea, Gary, is there is a way to set up a base like uh, it's very. So, as you guys know, last year at the GitCon, I played with Felix on stage and I played with Robert Baker and stuff on stage and, and um, I played bass. And the funny thing about that was I played the basses, you know, the bass they had and that bass was almost impossible for me to play. So, you know. Um, something you just get over you guys, you know, you just do get up on stage and you just do it. Any of you guys that jam, uh, you know, uh, jam with people, you know, you get up on stage and you just do it. You pick, you know, you get through it somehow, but, uh, that the, the base, the bases I'm used to playing my personal basis of play so easy compared to that. So I think slap bass definitely has a setup, a certain, you know, height that you want it to be because if it gets too high, it gets a little tricky. And if it gets too low, it gets a little tricky. You can't get any sustain out of it. So that'd be a good video. Yeah. Yeah. I'll do that. Uh, that's a great idea too. Cause I just didn't think about, it. I didn't think about doing a, uh, not only a setup video for bass, which, you know, I, but a setup slap bass, how to set up your bass for slap bass. Uh, Jeff Briggs says, Hey, Phil, where can I buy Davapix? You can buy Davapix online. Uh, you can get them right. Uh, I Google it. You can just Google it. <laughs> right. I bought the last set of Davapix from Dava, but, um, but before that I was just Googling it. And then, you know, whoever's the cheapest <laughs> ever gives you the best price, especially the Davapix. They seem to, the only, uh, reason I say that, especially with Davapix is, uh, Davapix are confusing. Uh, so, you know, I think on, uh, I think the issue I had was Davapix. Oh, this is a good thing to mention. Davapix. Um, I think when you buy them in the bag, like a four or five, it was one price. And so I was like, oh, I'll buy them in bulk. You can buy them in bulk. But when you do the math on bulk, they actually are charging you more per pick than if you just bought individual bag the bags of like four or five whatever they come in so uh be aware of that uh so like in other words if you buy because they come in bulk not that you'd want a bulk thing of 144 picks but just letting you know that if you buy the bulk 144 picks online it is cheaper to buy them uh buy 144 picks in bags so um there you go what else we got a few more minutes let's hit a couple more questions and uh anything else you guys want to talk about before we start our weekend. Uh, Damon Dodger says, Hey, Phil thoughts on the obscenity wire, uh, solderless wiring kits. I've never tried them. Uh, I would imagine they're good. I like all the pre-wired wiring kits. I think that's, uh, I like Mad Hatter. If you guys, uh, that's a, a brand I've experienced and had good experiences with. Um, so check them out. Uh, 
you know, probably nothing wrong with obsidian, but uh, obviously I can't recommend something I've never tried or never seen. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Mad Hatter is what I'd recommend because that's something I have tried and seen and had, had good experience with. Uh, <laughs> Hose of Technology says, thoughts on cables versus wireless? Not, not, not asking for a friend. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I notice more and more people like wireless, man. Wireless has become a thing. It seems like every company is doing a wireless and everybody, you know, boss has got a new wireless. I'm not a wireless person. I... I, uh, you know, I've been asked recently by, uh, a bunch of companies to review a wireless. Almost all of those attempts ended in a failed transaction or, you know, interaction should interaction, not transaction. Um, the, uh, the, the, uh, who was it? It was X5 wireless reached out to me and, uh, to do a review and, um, it was weird. And anyways, I think Nux is also asking if I'd review a wireless. But my thing is I like cables. You know what I mean? Um, I like 10-foot cables because uh, when I'm practicing at home. And I like 15-footers uh, uh, when I'm playing out with friends. So I don't know. I know people like wirelesses. Uh, and I, I, I don't even have a thing where it says, like, the wirelesses don't sound right. <laughs> I'm sure that's a factor. But it's not even that. It's just... You know what it is? Uh, I don't like adding uh, batteries to my life. <laughs> I already feel like everything I own has, I have to, you know, everything I know I own has to be charged or, you know, my keyboard, like, here's a good example. Like my keyboard to my uh, my computer, you know, right? I mean, it's internally charged with a battery, but I got to charge it. Um, my phone, I have to charge it. Uh, so I kind of feel like after a while, uh, you know, especially now doing YouTube uh, so much, you know, all the cameras, the lights I have, all the microphones, they all have battery packs. Um, all my drills and tools all have battery packs. I just feel like I'm constantly charging batteries. So <laughs> uh, the wireless thing, although I saw where they're like, oh, you just charge them. I just another thing to charge is sometimes I wonder how much crap is in my house charging at one moment. <laughs> so maybe my house maybe that's why the internet was crappy earlier today remember i'm just sucking all the power of the neighborhood charging batteries um let's see sean wants to know hey phil how often and where do you play in front of live audiences or do you mostly play in private p.s uh uh wagyu uh wago suggests you miss some uh super chats okay i'll take care of that uh, Sean, uh, I will play, uh, interesting enough, uh, I play mostly in, with friends, not in front of a lot of audiences, but sometimes in audiences. Uh, if you guys have seen, uh, I will play, especially bass, uh, anywhere. Um, I was asked to play at the NAMM show this year, play bass, and I plan to be doing that. I will make an announcement when that happens. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, uh, what's great is it's kind of like the GitCon thing. They're like, hey, you want to go on stage and play? If somebody, like if my buddy called me right now and said, or one of my buddies said, hey, we're going to go jam, you know, at a house party or something, want to go play. Or sometimes at a bar, if it's not too far to drive sometimes, it it's depends. Um, yeah, when I say too far, like I don't like driving an hour and a half, two hours to a bar. But if it's like 30, 40 minutes an hour, I'll, I'll, I'll drive. But yeah, that's where I jam. I'll just jam with any, any, any time. <laughs> like it. So uh keeps your chops up and it's fun uh oh john doe says i gave up using wireless as gigging yeah see like that's gigging think of this the wireless for me gigging was the uh the last thing i'll ever 
uh, probably do. <laughs> so uh, just because, again, it's just more stuff for me to pay attention to. Uh, and I'm, I'm now, I'm now set up now when I go and jam with friends, I literally, uh, can, uh, I can go almost with nothing. Uh, I'll tell you what I take, uh, to a, to a jam. I take a bass, one bass, and I take my Eden preamp pedal and that's it. And then sometimes I take a, one of my inexpensive Fender rumble amps if they don't have a bass amp, but most of the time they have something I can plug into. So I take the Eden preamp. So bass is a nice life man just show up plug in and play <laughs> if i'm jamming guitar which i don't jam as much i jam guitar i will mostly take my fender supersonic 22 because as a gain channel a clean channel i don't take any pedals and a, a guitar and just go and i take a uh, 10 foot power cable Uh, Adam Lewis says, dude, thank you for the vids. You're welcome. Uh, thank you for thanking me for the vids. My wife actually bragged, bragged in the sound of my guitar. The intonation is perfect as I can get it. LOL. It's like a new axe and it's inspiring. Thank you, man. Yeah. You know, uh, it's great that you mentioned that. I, I agree. Uh, there, yeah. When a guitar's intonation is really locked in, doesn't it just kind of sing? Uh, when they're not intonated, they have a sourness to them that just sucks the life out of the tone and the playability. Um, there are certain guitars that I own that just intonate so well and certain ones that just don't. I am going to try one more time. I know you guys mentioned the Super Chats. If I miss any Super Chats today, sorry, guys. I got to scoop them next week because literally uh, the screen in YouTube that allows me to see them is well, let's see if it's working now but it was arrowing out okay so let's see what i missed real quick just a couple there's not a lot it says uh uh mad bat hatter uh just did a super chat hey mad bat hatter i wonder if you're are you you the same mad hatter for mad hatter electronics that i was just talking about that'd be cool um uh let's see uh says uh sean says hey phil how often and where oh you already did that one okay the other one was zach zach says 2018 Talk, tack, Mata, Samato, Les Paul, $6,000. Worth it? No. I don't even know what that is, but the answer is no. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm going to look. Oh, we got to look. Right? I'll share with you guys. Give me a second. We're in overtime anyways. <laughs> what is this guitar? Don't you like... I don't know if you guys are like this I, it, it, I what is this all right uh let's find one well and so is it fake les paul's gibson custom shop talk i'm gonna show you guys every time i find out about an expensive guitar i've never heard of i'm always curious because you're always thinking this is what i'm finding oh here's one for nine thousand dollars so here's one for four thousand dollars. Let's look at it. Is it? It says Gibson. I don't know what this is. Is it a Gibson? It says Gibson. We'll have to learn about it. We'll talk about it later. Um, I've never heard of it. So hopefully some of you guys are savvy to it. Well, here's one for six thousand dollars. Hold on. Hopefully we can 
Let's look. Uh, oh, it's very rare too. Look, it's limited in edition and very rare. Am I missing something? Why isn't? Uh, why can't I? Right, let's make an offer. <laughs> Read full description. Okay, uh, it's a Gibson Tac Matsumoto Les Paul Tac Burst, 2003. Very rare. Only 300 in the world. This item is very hard to find. Please, the description. Uh, I, I have no idea. Uh, look at this. Is this a? I don't know what this is. So I'm out of the chat now because I'm in that. Uh, it says go to Gibson site. Okay, so it is a Gibson guitarist. It's an artist model for Gibson. Oh, okay. I don't know. I didn't. I don't know who he is. I don't know who the player is. And I gotta educate myself about that. Sometimes you just you know. Sometimes you just don't know. It's a signature edition. I will find out. Uh, I will check it out this week. We can talk about it next week. Um, it's a signature guitar, but it was like there was a bunch of different guitars. So I I like finding out something cool and new. Um, hey, Madtown, Brian just did a super chat for no reason. I appreciate that, Madtown. That was really cool, man. I appreciate that. Let's uh, do the last question. And uh, since that, we don't want to end it on the, I didn't know anything about this Gibson guitar <laughs> note let's find something cool to talk about um and uh oh uh huh okay here we go uh we're gonna go with hey phil what do you think of the gibson 2019 range well i've been looking at them like everybody else i don't share everybody's uh crazy uh you know, upset opinions. I, I saw a lot of people on, you know, as forums, they always seem to be upset. The forums are where you go to be upset, go to be upset. Um, uh, the, um, it, anyways, uh, it says, uh, you know, uh, I don't think dip switches and stuff on the standards are bad. Who cares? Uh, if you don't want them, don't use them. You know what I mean? Uh, the push pulls and stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm not a big think of this. It, to me, it was, if you're going to say, well, it's a circuit board and stuff in there, they were doing that even when they didn't add all those features. So I don't really care. I uh, love some of the new colors, man. I'll tell you what I liked most about the 2019 guitars. Um, was there's some, did you guys see there's some Gibson standards on Sweetwater that are limited to Sweetwater colors. They're not in stock. I looked, uh, cause I was looking at them and, um, I was in love with the colors. Um, so they're exclusive to Sweetwater. I liked a lot of the new models. I played a Gibson 2019 SG and it was way better than my 2018 SG. Um, and uh, in fact, so much so, I played it at the Guitar Center and I thought, I'm going to buy this <laughs> and then sell that one. And uh, the only reason I didn't buy it was um, it had uh, scratches like, I don't know how to explain it, like scratches on the fretboard. It looks like something maybe get dropped and scratched the fretboard. And I didn't even care about that. I was like, okay, you know, I'll get past it. But Guitar Center doesn't discount anything when it's damaged, uh, unless I'm missing something. The, the Maybe the kid just didn't give a crap that was talking to me, uh, the employee. But uh, yeah, I was like, I just refused to pay full price for a damaged instrument. That just seems... Uh, well, let's just say it sounds illegal. I don't even see why they can charge full price for a damaged instrument, but it's not illegal and they can, but it's, uh, I'm not doing it. Um, so there on the first, uh, first, my first reaction to the 2019 is on the SG is I liked it better than my 2018. I, um, 
I even like this 2018 color way more than the new 2019, but I do see myself buying the 2019. I love the new neck carve. I love the fact that uh, it even had the, uh, what do you think of something like 490Ts or something like that? It sounded fantastic. I, I enjoyed it. So I think 2019, not happy with the overall price increase of the 2019. I, some of it felt like it went up like 20%. Uh, you know, the classics that were like at 19 are now at 23. And, you know, so, I mean, that's, you know, but we knew that we talked about this on the live show. We said when they filed the bankruptcy, that they would reorganize and raise the prices. Right. Uh, I called it 100%. I said, Hey, they'll reorganize, uh, you know, shut off some creditors and literally raise the prices. And, uh, that's what they did. I, I think the lineup looks good. Um, and, uh, uh, Zim's guitar says there's no lefties at the Gibson 2019 on their site, at least up. Uh, don't know. Um, uh, you know, the lefties get shafted. So I don't think that's new. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but, um, like I said, so far so good. Don't like the price increase, but I like the new colors. Uh, and I like the, um, uh, like the feel of the new, the neck, like I said, I like that neck better than this neck. This neck is flatter and faster. The, the new, the new SG 19 carb neck is just a little rounder and smoother. It was nice. It was a nice, nice guitar. So yeah. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> my, that's what we'll end on. We'll end on that. We'll end on that. I like the 2019, uh, Gibson lineup so far. I think it was pretty cool. Um, no robo tuners. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> that was cool. As always, guys, I want to thank you guys for hanging out with me. Uh, there was a lot of us today. It was almost 900 at some point. Uh, you guys are awesome for hanging out every Friday and talking about gear for a little while. Um, you're going to see some stuff coming out. Uh, anything you can do to support that, like and subscribe, all that stuff. Uh, and uh, just a reminder for the uh, September shirt, because we're in September. September's almost over. September shirt's almost gone. That's just how that goes. I'm just reminding you of stuff. I'll put links in the description. And as always... Uh, until next Friday, uh, you guys have a great week and uh, know your gear.